0: What I used to do was I used to do social work activities. I even go to orphanages. I would go to the, uh, I still remember I have that activity. I just went, we all just went on each day, the the other Eid, which is more fancier. And we meet people to the guards, doctors and everybody who's on duty at the same day. And we, you know, distributed food just, just randomly. There was like no point of, you know, uh, maybe making something, but we just wanted to so when i uh, volunteered for an organization that i was working on and they gave me the project of reproductive health and rights and you know coming from a family where you know everybody talks about health and women health and my mom is also very uh, bold and blunt about women rights and because we are three sisters i've always heard this from other people i remember in my childhood that telling my mom how you can have a son or maybe it's better to have a son and oh my god you have twins and those are also daughters and my mom giving them a befitting reply that these three are daughters are my sister to everything and I don't need anybody else. So I've heard this but I didn't know that again I didn't know that it's called patriarchy it is something happening in every other house it is something that other people also relate to. So when I uh, took that project and I heard about such stereotypes such gender inequality and I realized that I, I could relate to a lot of it. <clears throat> I could see that, you know, where people are coming from. So that's where, you know, my project gave me insight. But if I talk about my own organization working on sexual reproductive health and rights is the inspirational story. So before that application, I was also working, but I was, you know, doing, uh, you can say, workshops talking about reproductive health and rights. Uh, so my friends knew that I'm working on this. My friends knew that I have doctors in my family. So that's where my inspiration story comes in, where my friend, you know, called me. She's an engineer. And she said that I don't know what are contraceptive methods and can you connect me to a doctor? I said that uh, I was a bit confused and I was like, OK, I will connect, but is everything OK. She said that, you know, she has two ch- child, uh, two children and uh, her husband comes by annually and in Kuwait, there's some visa issue. Pakistanis are not given spouse, especially. So she's not mentally ready for the third child. So she wants to know the more contraceptive method. I thought it's very common, at least after marriage, at least after one baby, everybody knows. So I said that, how come you don't know? To me, it was a surprise. Although I was working on the same thing. She said that... Uh, how would I know that, you know, before marriage, people are, you know, they always raise their eyebrow why you're going to gynecological centers and why you are, you know, talking about such things. It's good to have a baby in the first year of marriage. And then after marriage, if you go, then again, they are like, why are you are going? Then we have mobility issues. I've seen on all Asia, including Vietnam, Bangladesh, India, uh, everyone, Bhutan, every woman has bike and if not, That's because of the certain economic conditions. But here, even if you're economically good, there are no women on bikes. So it's so rare that if now there's a woman on bike, people take pictures and put it on media. It is so rare. It is so rare here. So there's mobility issue. A lot of women. And, And I still don't get it, honestly. I've seen Asian countries coming out of this thing now and making mobility easier. Because I think that's the need of an hour. But this is something we still lack. So there is mobility issue. She couldn't go. And of course, girls are not allowed to leave home all by themselves. If you understand the Asian culture as well, or maybe subcontinent culture. She said that I said, OK, why you didn't Google it? OK, leave everything. You haven't gone. But what about Google? She said that information is scattered. Where is the single information together? What is the religious information? How would I know which method I should use? What are the pros and cons? I said, okay, I, I do know that there are telehealth services. Why you didn't call any hospital? She said, what? where are the numbers I couldn't find? So these are the questions I randomly, I still have that chat, by the way. I, I, I see that chat. I'm so glad that was a chat. That was not just on the call, but she also, you know, chatted me afterwards because now I see that back and it makes me happy. Because when I chat, after again talking to her, I researched again on the Google and I saw that there would be if there's any platform. But I also realized that there was no single platform. Of course, there are websites, you know, of government telling their helplines separately of one thing. Then some organization telling theirs. because if they would share other helplines, their business would get affected. Right. So they would never tell at one platform. So I thought that why there is no one platform? How would somebody know about contraceptives if they cannot go outside? So this was a, a brainstorm discussion sort of thing that happened. And I pitched this idea. I discussed it with someone and I, he's my senior. And uh, he said that, yes, it's a very good idea. So I remember uh, I, I used to keep on applying for the fellowships. Again, I came back from a fellowship and the fellowship offered grants. And luckily I got that grant and I pitched this idea at that time. So I made a pilot phase of one city only. So I made that and today the recognition is all because it started from that idea. And I remember when I went to U.S. for a, a global accelerator program, Melinda Gates Institute called us. Their trainer, that sentence would always stick to my mind because unintentionally I did that. He said that ideas become a success when you make a tool after seeing a problem. Instead of making a tool and then solving a problem, you know, you see a problem, then make a tool, but people create, make a tool and then create a problem. And then I went back to my journey and I thought, okay, yes, I also saw a problem. And, you know, I, I tried to solve that and, you know, I connected. So that sentence has, you know, gotten in my mind. So that was my journey for Michelle specifically after I left my work, because then I started with the fellowship. Of course, it's still even not right now, easy to sustain It's not easy because, you know, every time you're out of resource and that's the difference between impact making organizations and business. In business, at least you're getting revenue. If not, you know, uh, you sustain it. Revenue is normal, but you're getting something. Once your business has started, but in impact organization, even you are at the peak, even if you are recognized, at the end, you don't have revenue. You know, uh, maybe you are creating free apps. You're getting the projects so to make it sustainable, it's always really important to, you know, add this point of uh, revenue generation, I believe. But it's not always possible in every sort of act for organizations. So it's, it's, it's a tricky journey to actually follow uh, impact organizations, at least in my country. And uh, no, no, I think it's, it is in my country because I'm I, maybe you have no idea, but in Pakistan, it's extremely tricky to receive funds now. To register your organizations um, as non-for-profit, uh, to you know, get the certificates, to get the bank account, every step is a hurdle. So you don't get it. And for business, everything is okay because you know they are paying tax. So everybody wh- who has two options would never think about this journey. It is full of hurdles, and those hurdles are at times even no matter how much hard work you do are not going to get uh, you know uh, away because there are policies. They are in the they have said it. I don't know at the back or what. I don't know, but they don't let us get registered for so many reasons. Everyone says that everybody has tried. So the other path, which is of business is easier and it it has revenue. It has no issues. It is not looked down upon feminism, NGO, you know, bad, bad things and business is fine. Business woman sounds cool. Then, you know, NGO person. So I think that path that I've chosen is also not so fancy and easy. Uh, and, uh, I did start some sort of small business, not like very much of my passion, but just to see how I perform. And it was a good experience. It was very smooth, actually. But then again, until I'm in the youth age where I could create sustainable solutions, I would again go back to the industry sector, no matter what the connotations are to it. I would again go to it. So I, I stuck there. I stick there. I think that's my destination. I left architect for it. So I don't think now I would choose, you know, other side just for the sake of because there are hurdles. So definitely maybe at the age, if I, I'm out of resources, then I cannot say. I try to sustain a lot that I sustain in a way that I can carry on this organization for 10 more years at least. But if I couldn't, that's another thing. Because, you know, in country, the, I would say bluntly, I wouldn't say even if I am, you know, sitting at a role uh, where now I would be working at the policy level at government. But I would still say that the journey for... Uh, Non-for-profit is very difficult. It's very difficult. There's so many hurdles. They don't let you get anything. So how could you, even if you win the idea, it's it's all in vain.
1: And yeah. that's, I mean, it's crazy. It sounds so complicated. And I think on top of that, it's, I mean, I feel like it's only one of the challenges that you face among everything else. Because, I think one thing is also, I mean, you mentioned it somewhere as well. It's like you have your app. I think I didn't, from what I understand, you don't have an app like a developer background. So this is another hurdle to, to, you know, overcome and figure out as well. You mentioned all the issues around, uh, reproductive and sexual health So the concept even of feminism is taboo or tricky in Pakistan. Yeah. and you have all of this to deal with at the same time. Um, maybe just yeah, like first, like were you never afraid? First, maybe on the taboo side to 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 propose a solution in, in that sector, or you were always super confident, or yeah, I wonder, did you ever feel afraid or scared or not sure of what could happen?
0: Actually, there's this thing of confidence in me. You just said like a few minutes earlier, I've heard this from a lot of people that you are good at public speaking. Not at a single place, no matter how much the controversial topic is, has anyone you know, uh, pointed something that, no, this is bad. Although they, they do think that's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not like that they don't think as bad or I've always gotten a very good audience or maybe they're mesmerized. No, but I think I do... Um connect to people at a point I use those words where people could get comfortable i you know sort of you can say be vulnerable in front of them in a way that you know um i how I have also faced such issues my friends have faced, and your mothers or your da- you know daughters or sisters or your relatives would have faced so I think my public speaking has helped me a lot a lot because that fear was somewhere in my uh subconscious definitely definitely because this topic even the the, one of my team member (laughs) went somewhere and the person from the government sector said that what sort of vulgarity you're promoting in your app you know there's no need to tell this people would start having affairs and they would know the contraceptive so that they have no conception and they would not fear god i've heard this and it was the first time only my team member was there So maybe you can say it's a coincidence or it's my public speaking, but no matter it was, there were men, women, older, younger, government, private sector. Till now, nobody has said that what vulgarity was spreading. Although I thought I would get it, I would get it because I've seen people talking like this. I've seen even on social media, I I was very uh, curious. So I don't know, maybe some people... You know, I I believe that other people have the same motto as well. The people who are working on reproductive health and rights, they have good motto. They have good, uh, you know, approach towards it. But maybe the way they are communicating or maybe unluckily, I would say. At times I've seen very good things, getting very bad reviews. So no, I wouldn't always say words. But till now, this, happens, this has not happened with me yet. You you can check my reviews in the app section. You know, you cannot delete a review if somebody puts that there. You can see on the Facebook. Uh, you can Google it. Uh, but I have seen campaigns just re- recently. I think a week back, there's an organization who um, published a st- uh, sort of advertisement where they are uh, saying not to, you know... Um, cover uh, contraceptives and sanitary pads into the brown paper. So people in some certain groups were very offended by that. And they said that, why are you even talking about our privacy? This is something we feel comfortable with. This is our norm. So why you are attacking our norms? We don't want to uncover those. And there was a lot of negativity around it. So it's not like, and it was very well-made advertisement, I would say. But, and I was, that's why I was a little bit afraid. But on the other hand, I was always confident about, you know, connecting with people, at such level, uh, you know, uh, for the training, uh, when when there is like a full hall, I, I I always feel like if there are two hundred people, I wouldn't speak if somebody is not listening to me. I've seen speakers still speaking and nobody's listening to them. I make sure that I speak in a way that everybody's quite, at least you know, ninety five percent of them are listening. I start in a way, I connect with them. So maybe that's why. I have Because I don't think that uh, my product is some uh, exceptional that they haven't said a bad word about it. People do say. But maybe it's more about how you are communicating it. What are the words you are using it? Because at the end of the day, we are still working for the impact. We are still working, but it's controversial. It's again, choosing then from business to this side and from this side to another you know, controversial thing. Climate is very fine, very soft. Nobody would say anything to it. Tree plantation is very soft. So you could do anything like this. Nobody would say a word. But talking about women's rights and reproductive health and rights is, oh, my God, one of the biggest, peop- according to people, And anybody could go viral in a bad way. Anybody would you know, be defamed on social media. And that's why people started hiding and their profiles and talking about it. So that's another challenge in this field. So, yes, uh, maybe one part is public speaking, another part can be luck. I don't know. Still yet, this hasn't happened.